retreat. That was Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Tammy, my wife, and I, we, we, were, uh, we were part of a group, so a couple of leaders, adults that went up to, not up, that gets down, to San Diego, Point Loma, and we were able to hang out with 32 or 33 pastors, so PK's pastor's kid. Um, and so pastor's kids, they, they, Point Loma hosts every year a weekend retreat where they can get, go and just hang out with each other and, you know, talk about, talk about whatever, whatever, you know, whatever helps them get through this harsh life of being a PK, I guess. <laughs> it, is, it is not all, we, we all come to the, we, Dave, Dave and we've all come to the conclusion that it's not a hard life. It is a blessed life. Uh, and it is such a, such, a, such a blessing to be a PK. And, yeah, some of them, it's kind of cool to hear some of the stories. Some of them, like, some of these kids, their favorite thing about being a PK is they get to eat all the pita bread and drink all the juice that's left over from communion, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, and, and, uh, and other things they get to do. But uh, So that was this weekend. But before that, uh, before that, we were at NYC, Nazarene Youth Conference. And most of you, if you are, if you are a part of our, uh, of the, of our body here, uh, you have heard us talk about NYC. You have helped us uh, get to NYC. Uh, and so, and so this is it. We went. We came back. And now we have a little bit of a report that we would like to share with you. So I'm going to ask those who went to NYC, which is these, these lovely ladies, along with Ryan, who just walked out. I saw him walk out. And we're missing, we're missing, oh, there he is. We're missing Cameron Van Ostrand and Justice Dyer. Those were also part of our team that went. Um, you see, as we're wearing T-shirts today, I know we didn't dress up for church this morning because we're wearing T-shirts. But these are, so every district, which I, I know I'm throwing out a number, I'm just guessing 80 districts uh, in the USA, Canada region. You think more than 80? Well, I think it's 80. 80. Something like that. Anyway, so every district... Um, as a district, they come up with a T-shirt design to represent their district, um, and then they all wear their shirts uh, to NYC. And so our district, we chose to do two shirts per person, so that way we can, because the last few NYCs, it's tradition now to have to have to trade T-shirts, to you know trade with trade with a district from Michigan or trade with a district from Canada, or like, and so you know so we get to do that, um, and it's gotten pretty. Uh, Pretty, the, the trading game has been pretty competitive lately these last few uh, NYCs. Like, there's literally, at, in the rec hall, there's, there's an, an area where kids have somehow, I don't know how, but they collect like 15 shirts from all over, and they'll lay them on the ground, and they're like, you know, trades, trades, anybody want to trade? Like, there's just like, I mean, they're, and they're, some of them are actually selling T-shirts. It's just, it's, it's become a, a pretty cool thing. But the cool thing is you get to meet, you get to meet other people from other parts of our country uh, and Canada as well. And so, so that's kind of a cool thing. So I, I told them, well, hey, wear whatever shirt you got from, from NYC. So we have our Central Cali. So th- our district shirt has, you know, I think that's, uh, what was, it's not a copy, Half Dome, you know, Yosemite. And it says Central Cali. So that was our district shirt. And then some of us were able to trade with others. And so real quick, your sh- mine was from uh, Southwest Ohio. Uh, some, some, uh, I struck up a conversation with uh, some people from Ohio. I told them, you know, hey, LeBron James, best basketball player ever. So, anyways, that's that's. I had to throw that in there. But um, so that was me, and then Central Cali. Where's yours from? Cent- no, North Central Ohio. Yes, Central Cali. We got to show it off. You got to like, you guys. And that's Chuck Norris, in case you were wondering. I don't know what he has to do with Oklahoma, but it's Chuck Norris. And then Julia, 
Kansas. So did you actually talk to someone from Kansas? They're supposed to have conversation, but... And then Jolina, Central Cali. Yeah, yeah, that, that's from the merch table. Yes, and then Debbie's rocking it from... And it says, come to Arizona, they said. It's a dry heat. <laughs> yeah. And it was a dry heat. You would, we would walk out of our, our buildings... And, and the, the little wind of heat would just burn your eyes, and it was just, it, was, it wasn't little. It was hot, yes. So what, um, what, we're, what they're going to share with you this morning is just uh, two things. They're, they're something that moved them this past week at NYC, and, they're most memorable, and something that was memorable. So what moved you and, and something that was memorable? Uh, you guys did pretty good the first service as far as time. That was pretty good. You guys did it in like 90 seconds each. So Yes, I know. It's all right. So, here we go. This is, uh, tell us your name and then what you shared first service. Don't change it up. What you shared first service was perfect. Okay. Hello. Check, check. Jonah, hit the, no, you don't know. I'm loud. But Dan knows. One, two, one, two, check, check, check. You think you're loud. Check. Oh, there we go. All right. My name is, please let me have No, I got you. Okay. Uh, my name is Ryan Silifon, and um, the first thing that definitely moved me and that really stuck out to me, there was a, um, a preacher named, oh gosh, I knew his name. Stretch Dean. Stretch, that's right. I just got to think like, yeah, okay. Um, and he had this one thing that, is, oh gosh, I always get it mixed up. I don't do. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. Yes. And that kind of stuck out to me because like us as Christians, we like to kind of play in our head like, okay. We do this, we do that, we serve there, we help here, but like we don't always give our all, whether it's just to the Lord or just in everything, just daily tasks. So that kind of stuck out to me as something that I want to kind of work on for myself. And then my favorite memory of camp, and I was thinking about this more, but actually was the fact that we were able to fellowship with just so many different people, and I was able to meet a lot of new people from different states and just basically just make new friends. And it was something that was really nice because it's like, it kind of showed me the one nice thing about social media, which is that you can keep in contact with people that you meet. And then the list of nice things kind of just drops off from there. So, <laughs> all right, that's what I got. You're a photographer, right? Yes. You put some of your pictures on Instagram? Yes. Yeah, so that's another good thing about social media. You get to show your stuff. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, true, true. But yes, you're right. Social media has some bad stuff. I agree. This is? Rachel Vincicle. Share with us. <laughs> um, what moved me the hey, I can't talk the most was um, these two best friends um, one was paralyzed and, that, and his name is Justin and Patrick yes yeah. and um, well Justin wanted to Go on a 500 pilgrimage. Mile. In whatever. Yes. 500 <laughs> miles. <laughs> um, did I say meter? Oh, whatever. You're good. You're good. <laughs> um, sorry, I wasn't looking. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry. In, it was Camino de Santiago. And he told his friend, Patrick, 
and he said that I'll push you. And I think that really like inspired me because people don't really help like injured people. They usually just ignore them. And I liked how his best friend wanted to push him. And also there was a whole group of people that helped Patrick with, yeah, going up the mountain. And, um. Memorable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, my most memorable thing will be the worship because there was 8,000 people worshiping at the same time. And I will never go back to that. And it was just so awesome. Yeah. Once in a lifetime experience. Yep. Yes. At least with that same group of people. So, yes, totally. Thank you. So, they're sharing about the speakers. So, uh, Ryan shared about uh, Stretch. He spoke on surrender. And then the best friends, Justin and Patrick, they spoke on church, the theme of church. So, that was surrender, church. Your turn. I'm Mariana Robinson. Um, the thing that moved me the most was probably this thing called the experience. And it was like where we all went in like this room and we just like, it was like our alone time with God. And we like prayed about a bunch of things and we like sang together. And it was just like a chill time to like, um, like focus on what was important about NYC rather than all the fun stuff. And then my most memorable thing was meeting everybody from all the states because we got to talk to people from like Michigan, Tennessee, Texas, Idaho, and like all those places. It was really yes. cool. Yes. So did your did your Instagram list grow in followers and stuff? A bit. Yeah, A bit? yeah I'm sure. Cool. Okay, I'm Allison Omit, and what like was on my heart the most was the MWO Ministry with Others. And it was like a poverty simulation, and it helped with it helped show me like what's actually going on with like poverty, and it makes me want to help others with that. And like, if I see somebody on the side of the street or something, like give them what I have, like or whatever I can. And then the most memorable thing was probably like seeing all the other Christians and Nazarenes there, like you know, like they said, eight thousand or something there. So just like seeing that I'm not alone, and like seeing like all my just seeing the youth group is small, but seeing, like, the whole arena full was very memorable. Yep, for sure. Thank you, Allison. Okay, I'm Julia Ramos, and um, uh, the most, uh, the thing that spoke to me the most is on uh, one of the days uh, Shauna Songergain spoke, and most of you know her. She's spoken here before, and um, she spoke about uh, specifically King David and how everybody knew him as good King David. But he did uh, uh, plenty of things that he wasn't proud of and that were things that nobody would be proud of. And it spoke to me because, like, we always try to put on the face of, like, oh, yeah, I'm a good Christian. I go to church and I do all these things. But inside, we really, uh, we've really uh, got it all wrong. And we just need to, what she said, we needed to die to ourselves uh, and just repent. And that is... Uh, just something that spoke to me. And also uh, my most memorable thing, uh, just getting to know people from our district that um, I'm around so much during like retreats and camps and stuff, but I never really get to 
like I never really talked to them and I got to get to know them more. And also um, when Debbie broke the bus. You didn't say you didn't say that first service. I'm gonna have to yeah. So yeah, I don't know if you if you were following us on 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 social media on Facebook. Our bus broke down in 110 degree weather, and it and I don't know if it's a coincidence, but it was right after Debbie used the bathroom in the bus. So so we don't know. We don't know what happened. And then all of a sudden it just died. Like literally it died and it just rolled into the middle of the highway. Yep. Oh, um, I'm Jolina, and um, the thing that moved me the most is probably just like the motto, like love God, love others, and live or love lived, and just how like all the kids there like loved God, they loved others, and they love lived or lived love, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, it's it's pretty cool seeing that like all these kids and um, the most memorable moment is probably the worship also just hearing everybody like worship in one room all together yep for sure if you've ever been to a concert a worship concert and you're in an arena and there's you know thousands of people worshiping the same God and, and everybody just kind of letting loose and not not being embarrassed or anything like it's just it's an awesome thing to be able to see all these kids worshiping the Lord am I gonna hit you sorry <laughs> All right, I am Tammy Ramos. It's hard for me to not hold that. Okay, I'll hold you. Uh, <laughs> so, with the different speakers, uh, the key thing for me was was the fertilizer of compar comparison. Uh, that it's a good fertilizer, but for bad things. So, so with negative thoughts that that the kids have these days, adults too, but aimed at them. Uh, with those negative thoughts, uh, letting them fester under comparing, you know, they have that, they look like that, I need that, if I don't have that, I'm, I'm nothing. Uh, and also, that same speaker saying, you know, we all have highs and lows, uh, and that that's normal, telling them it's normal, doesn't mean something's wrong with you, we all have that. Uh, and then another thing that I didn't mention first time, but meant to, is that they were encouraged to uh, step out of their comfort zone uh, even as Christians, we get comfortable in our our day to day things, and and we look past people who are in need. And so they were encouraged to uh, not do that. And maybe it might be taking a homeless person to Starbucks and in an area where they're not welcome, but they're with you, so they can do that. Uh, that can make a huge difference. There's more to that story, but um, and that God loves them. And it's not the first time I've heard it. They've probably heard it as well. But loves them, loves all of us, loves anyone that He's created. Uh, but he loves them so much that he's not willing to leave them the way they are once they come to him. So he will, he accepts, and that's, okay, he accepts the sinner, but doesn't accept the sin. He wants that sin to, to be gone. And so just because we come to him with our sin doesn't mean we should stay that way. Um, and most memorable is that these guys and the other 8,000 or so teens made, made teenagers look good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Tammy. Sure. Sweet. I got the mic. Um, so yeah. for me. Turn it off when, when I give you the sign. Uh, hey, now. 
Uh, for me, the the I got the opportunity. Um, I mean, there was a lot in the sessions, but I got the opportunity one night to sit down um, at dinner, and there was an arena worker um, sitting there with us, kind of like really close. And I was like, "Hey, so how's it going for you guys? Like, just eight thousand teenagers. Like, how's it going for you guys?" And she was very honest, and she said, "You know, we were really stressed. Like before you guys came, we were we were concerned, and we just didn't know how it was going to be." And and but it's been amazing. Like, these kids are amazing, and, and, and just seeing them work together and seeing them um, worship God, and it's just, it's so different. And so then, um, it wasn't until I got home that um, we had a couple of um, volunteers in our district um, that got to help, like, in, in the background, and one of the volunteers from our district said um, that there were hotel staff and law enforcement and other people in the community that would come to the conference um, for like a one day pass type thing because they wanted to see what it was that was creating this culture of love and respect in these teens because I, I, I compare it to like being herded around like there's so many of us and we're going from place to place and everybody's kind of going the same place at the same time and you kind of feel like you're being herded like from here to there and just but the love and the respect and the compassion that these kids had for each other, the cheering on of each other, like the high fives that went on every time that each groups passed each other, it made a huge difference in the city of Phoenix that these people saw a difference in these teenagers, that there was something about them that, that st- stood out. And so I'm really proud of our teenagers for, for standing out in a, in a world that says so much different about them. And then my most memorable moment was, um, so there was a Newsboys concert, which it was a throwback concert from 24 years ago when it was in Phoenix. Uh, Newsboys played. And so Newsboys came and they played. Uh, Michael Tate is now the lead singer. But um, he was getting ready to do the song Jesus Freak, which is a DC Talk song. And he's like, hey, is there any um, DC Talk fans in here? And this one boy like was like, oh, me, me, me. And he had like, DC Talk hat and DC Talk shirt on. And uh, so Michael Tate brings him up on stage to sing Jesus Freak with him. And the kid, like, literally takes the mic out of Michael Tate's hand and starts rapping the rap part of Jesus Freak and, like, jumping up and down. And he had so much fun. And everybody in that arena, like, was cheering for Chester and, like, chanting Chester. And this kid's life, like... It changed in a moment. This little boy from from Nebraska. Nebraska, just what he had to have gone home with from this experience was just crazy. And just the love of, you know, 8,000 other kids for him and just his, his um, boldness to get up and do what Christ, you know, he, he's, he's a Christ follower. It's obvious. And he, like, has, he's, it's in his mind, and so it was really awesome to see him, and just even the next day, the, other, the rest of the kids chanting his name, and like, it was just a pretty awesome experience, so. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, we, there's even a hashtag out there, Chester for President 2022, <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty cool. So yeah, this, I mean, you were a big part of these young people, and, and the other two, they're not here, um, to be able to experience this, and so we, 
obviously, we thank you. We thank you so much for being a part of it in prayer, being a part of it financially, being a part of it in encouraging. Uh, but it's not over. This is, you know, we can easily we can easily take this as a mountaintop experience and then come back and and it can go away in a couple of weeks and then we're right back to right back to where we were before we left. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we we've come back challenged, uh, encouraged. Uh, but we need prayer, and we covet your prayers. Uh, we covet your encouragement uh, that you continue to do that for us and that you give that to these students uh, because we're going to need it. The enemy is going to fight hard to make us feel like it, didn't, it, was, it was nothing. It was just, a, it was just a, a, a mountaintop high, like all these things that the enemy is going to try and do, and we've got you know, to stay firm, and we've got to stay firm in our foundation and, uh, and, yeah, love God, love others, and, and live it out. Uh, and so I'm going to pray for us, and if you, if you would pray with us as well. And uh, if you have any other questions about NYC, please seek them out. Ask them uh, specifics and things like that because it would be, be kind of cool for them to be able to share a little bit more with you. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, uh, for this great opportunity that you gave each and every one of us, Lord, to be a part of, of this event, Lord, that, that happens every four years. It is it, it, it can be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, uh, Lord. And so uh, for these young people that were able to experience that, Lord, uh, what a blessing. Uh, Lord, and again, it wouldn't have been able to happen if it wasn't for the help uh, and the love and the, 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 um, the generosity of uh, the folks here in this church and this body uh, and even others in the community as well, Lord, as we parking lot sales and just all these different things that we were able to do, Lord, and, and the hard work that comes into it, uh, Lord. So just thank you for all of that. We pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will continue to fill uh, these young people every day, Lord, uh, that they will take what they have learned and take what uh, was memorable and take what was... Um, what they were able to, to, to get from the, the sessions and, and the MWO and, uh, Lord, even the, the backpacks that we were able to take uh, to Arizona and the thousands of students in, in the Phoenix area and all of Arizona are going to have a backpack with, uh, with all these uh, school supplies. Lord, just thank you. Thank you for all these great opportunities that we had to be able to be a blessing and, and also to be blessed. Uh, so, Father, we just pray, your, again, your spirit will, will continue to, to fill them and walk with them, Lord, and that these students will... Uh, Lord, that they will stay strong with you, Lord, that everything that they heard will be something that they just put away in their hearts and put away in their minds, Lord, and, and that they just continue to love you and walk and live their lives for you, Lord. Uh, so thank you again for NYC. Thank you for all the leadership and all the people that put it together, Lord. And God, what a blessing. We love you. We praise you in your name. Amen. 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 Awesome. So thank you all for allowing us this opportunity. Yes. So... Uh, of course, I had, I had some memorable moments and stuff like that as well and, and just highlights of what an, what an amazing trip this was uh, and all the great things that we were able to. Where are you all going? No, not you, Jamie. Sorry. <laughs> the kids, the girls. Oh, they didn't even hear me. They just walked out. All right. Cool. Hopefully they'll come back. So, because um, this is for them as well. So, Rachel shared about the, the, the two best friends, and that's kind of what, that was one of the ones that stood out for me uh, uh, probably the most as well. Um, the story of these two guys, uh, and she, uh, so if you've ever heard the, about the book or watched the movie, a little, it's a small, it's a, it's a small movie, it's just a, a short film uh, about these two guys, and it's called I'll Push You, and so let me give you a little bit of background of this, of these two, bo these two best friends, they're in their 40s now, so they're about my age, and uh, they, they, um, so Justin is the, is the guy in the wheelchair, paralyzed from from the waist down fully, and he has a little bit of movement in his arms, but it's pretty much he's, he's paralyzed. And so um, he, wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't always paralyzed. He was, uh, he was a, a young athlete um, in high school. He played basketball. He was normal. Everything was good with him as far as physically. Um, 
was in the car with, his, with another friend going to a basketball tournament uh, when he was 16. And the, the friend who was driving was speeding a little bit. The car had an accident. They flipped. They rolled. Um, the car finally stops. They were both fine. The friend and him, they were fine. They actually, Justin actually walked from that accident. Like he literally walked out of the car and like a couple of bumps and bruises and he was fine. Um, but it wasn't for a couple of weeks, a few weeks later that he began to feel, he was feeling, or he was feeling, he was losing feeling in his left leg. And then it started to kind of like, like go up his legs. And so he talked to his family. Um, they took him to the doctor. The doctor was like, we don't know what's happening. Um, doctors sent him to a neurologist. They, were, they went to different specialists. They still didn't know what was happening until finally, once he was almost completely paralyzed, um, they, they realized that he had this neuromuscular disease called whatever he called it, which I don't remember exactly what he called it, but it's something that apparently he always had. It just, it didn't, it didn't trigger until the trauma of the accident. Um, and so you can imagine going from everything's cool, everything's fine, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm good, and, and probably could have lived all his life without it ever, ever happening or developing, but this, this accident caused it to, to begin to. So, so that's where his injury came from, and that's where his paralysis came from, is this, this, this disease that he was carrying with him already. Um, as you can imagine, he went through a very, a very dark time in his life. There was a point in his life where he just felt like, um, Lord, why? You know, like, why, why did this have to happen to me? Um, what good am I going to be the rest of my life? Uh, if anything, I'm just going to be a burden to my family and the people that love me. So he entertained the thoughts of just ending his life and just not being, not continuing to be a burden, or at least he felt like he was a burden to everyone who was, uh, who loved him. And so he just, he finally, he was at a point where he was at the lowest time. Um, the Lord spoke to him through different people, through different things, uh, different things that happened in his life to where he realized that um, this, if this was God's plan for his life, that he was going to live it to the fullest, that he was going to uh, take it and do with it whatever God wanted him to do with it. So he, he kind of turned him, he turned his thinking around of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow God to use this, this for, for, his, for his good and for his pleasure, and I'm going to do whatever he calls me to do. So he kind of turned that around, and, and he began to, you know, do amazing things and just kind of, he got, he got a lot of inspiration from other people that were, that were hurt, you know, that were, that were going through the same things. So he kind of got past that dark spot in his life. His, his friend Justin, though, not so much. His friend Justin was very, very angry. Huh? Patrick, sorry. That was Justin. Thank you, Patrick. Patrick, what, he, couldn't, he didn't get over it as, as easily as Justin did. He was angry at God. Um, he was angry at God, and he actually, uh, he was praying every day that, his, that God would do a miracle in his friend's life, that, that God would heal Patrick completely, that Patrick one day would, ha, huh, I know I keep, that Justin would be able to get out of his wheelchair and just walk and, get, and be miraculously healed. And he prayed that for two years, and it, and it wasn't happening. And so you can imagine, again, if you've ever been in that spot, in that place where you pray and, and pray and pray and pray, and nothing happens, nothing changes, you're praying for specific, something specific to happen, and it just nothing changes, there's a point where you just get, I think Patrick got to the point where it was just, God, are you even there? You know, just angry at God. Well, one day they were, uh, Justin and his wife, and Patrick and his wife, they were at their church in Idaho, and they were in the, in the foyer there and, you know, just having conversation like, like people do in the foyer. And a gentleman came up to Justin and asked him, hey, Justin, if you, you know, and of course, Justin's just sitting in his wheelchair and just kind of listening. If, you, if, if, if God could just, 
you know, snap his fingers right now. And if you could get your feel, the feeling back in your legs and your hands and that you could be made whole again, you know, would you, would you, would you like that? And Justin thought for a second. He looked at him. He's like, no. And, and, of course, you know, the gentleman was like, what? But Patrick was more like, what? Like, I've been praying for you to be healed. And here you're, you know, he, you say no. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be healed. And, and Justin just kind of explained, like, this is, if this, you know, God has, God allowed this to happen in my life for a reason. And I'm being able to, I'm able to reach people in ways that maybe others can't. And I'm able to do something with my life that, inspires people and so he you know he kind of kind of gave that answer and Patrick just kind of finally something you know in the midst of the anger at God in the midst of 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 why why hasn't a miracle happened I think Patrick in that moment realized that um that he could be the miracle in Justin's life that all Justin needed was hands and feet he had everything else. He had, his heart was working. His mind was working. His, his uh, energy, his, 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 everything, his love for Jesus, everything was there. All he needed was just hands and feet. And so Patrick was like, hey, you know what? I'll be your hands and feet. Like, I'll, I'll, be, what, I'll be what you need to be able to, you know, to, to, to live out your life. Um, however long that life is, I'll be that for you. And that's when Patrick realized, man, this is the miracle. Like, this is... I've been praying for a miracle for two years that, that, that Justin will just wake up or get up and be able to walk. And, and all along, I've, I, he, you know, that I haven't been that for my friend, that I haven't been the hands and feet that he needed to be able to, to live out his life. And so, Pat, so Patrick, from that moment on, he became Justin's hands and feet to where, to, to where then they made this, this, this film. And because, uh, yeah, one day Justin, you know, after that, Justin, a, a couple weeks or who knows, however, months later, you know, he was watching a documentary on this a 500-mile trek, uh, the Camino a Santiago or something. I forget what it's exactly what it's called, but it's from Spain to France or something like that. And uh, it's 500 miles, and he watched the documentary, and he's like, I want to do that. Tells his wife, I want to do that. And his wife's like, okay, <laughs> sure. So he calls his friend Patrick, and Patrick's like, dude, you're crazy, but okay, let's do it. You know, because I'm committed to be your hands and feet, so... Let's do it, and uh, and then I'm not gonna tell you anymore because you can watch. It's it's a film called I'll Push You, uh, and I think like as a church we should watch that one of these nights. Maybe I think it would be a cool little thing to watch. So we'll, we'll maybe we'll set that up. But um, but so so they 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 prepared and they 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 you know they went and they did this trip, and so for me the reason why that was the most memorable. And that was the night. So the theme of that night. So every night the spe- it was a theme. There was um, serve. Um, Surrender. Uh, 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 this one was actually church worship. Um, the last one was go, and so this one specifically was about church. The theme was church, and, and what a church, what a church should be, and what a church should what a church should look like, especially a church that is living out loving God and loving others. Um, and so when they, you know, when they when they kind of talked about that, and they were like, the hands and feet, like I can be your hands and feet. It's a reminder for us as a church that we, God made it. It is a gift and a blessing for us, each and every one of us, to be the hands and feet of a broken world. And a broken world is not just outside of these walls. A broken world sometimes can be even within the walls. Like there, there are people sitting next to us that, man, they're broken. They, they're, they're broken, they're hurt, and they need, they, I can be the hands and feet of Jesus to them. And so that was kind of like the, you know, the, the, obviously the message they were bringing and the thing that, that, that just sparked something in me, like, man, 
this is where God called us to, to be the hands and feet. And we've heard it before. We know it. You know, but then you go to a conference like this, and it's visual, and you see, you see a guy in a wheelchair, like, and you see the film, and, and it's like, man, all along, like, this is what God has called us to. I want to live that. I want to be the hands and feet for those who don't have that, for those who are in need of that, who are broken and want to be that. And, and I believe that every one of you wants to do that as well. I believe if I know you as well as I think I know you as my brothers and sisters in Christ, you know that God is calling you to be the hands and feet of Jesus. For a broken for a broken world, um, so let me let me read let me read chapter First uh, John chapter four uh, verses seven through twelve, because this I mean this is I mean not just a, a reminder, pretty much a command. And you can stand if you'd like as I read this uh, for us, and picking up in verse seven of chapter four of First John. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I hope you hear that. I'm hearing that. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word. God, your word that is true, your word that, is, your word that penetrates, Lord, that there's... God, I could, I could stand up here and, and talk about it and, uh, uh, Lord, I could... I could I could make stuff up or I could just say whatever. Lord, your word is true and your word is, is right and your word is perfect. And so, Lord, I just thank you that you're able to get, that you've given us your word, that we can uh, speak from it, Lord. Uh, so, Father, I pray that, that I will get out of the way and that you will be the one that speaks through, uh, uh, through this message, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that, you, that we will hear it with our, with our hearts and with our, uh, Lord, that we will take it in, Lord. May it, may it make a difference in our lives here today, Lord. Uh, God, may we, may we understand fully, truly what, what it means to be the hands and feet of Jesus and, uh, and to, uh, to, to a broken world, Lord. Um, God, thank you. Thank you for this great opportunity, Lord. We love you. We praise you in your name. Amen. 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 And so, uh, so, right, I mean, you've heard it. We've all heard it. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. There's, there's stickers. There's, you know, there's bracelets. You can read it all over the place. But how do we get there? What do we do? Like, what, I mean, obviously, loving people is the thing that we, that we ought to do as, as Christians is that we ought to love people. And we've seen it. That was, as Jolena shared, that was... Our, our theme for NYC was love God, love others, love lived. So pretty much love God, love others, love lived. How do we do that? And, and to, not, to not be heavy on one and light on the other, like they're, they're both right there. They're equal. In fact, the last speaker kind of, you know, he, he, the way he made it, you know, the image that he gave us was this airplane. And it, for that airplane to fly, it needs the two wings, the wing of love God and the wing of love others. And in order for it to fly and to do what the airplane is meant to do, you need to have both and a, 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 the perfect balance of both. And so practical ways to love. Because if, if you're like me, I, I, need, I need practical ways to do things. I, 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 sometimes, it's, it, sometimes things get, get a little too hard for me to follow or to understand. But if it's something practical that I can handle and that I can do, I'm like, okay, I'm all in. I'll do that because that seems practical and easy. And so mainly be authentic. Be authentic in your love. Um, First Peter 1, 2, 2 says, love one another deeply from the heart. To, uh, uh, 
to, to really truly love each other, to love others, right? Um, and I think what, what hurts our church sometimes, our body, not just ours, but the church, what hurts the church is that we can be very superficial. It can be very easy to just be like, hey, what's up? Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, great, you know, just, just great worship, great sermon, um, good job, well done, like just, just in and out, and we don't really get to be able to share that love with each other, the authentic love that we're talking about. It's just, it's, it's very easy to get lost in the, just the superficial stuff. Um, genuine love happens um, when we take time to be with each other, when we, tr- when, we, when we actually invest in each other, right? And so, authentic. How can we, be, how can we have authentic love? So, I'm going I'm to give you a list of seven things. If you're writing things down, cool. If not, just memorize them, and then I'll test you next week. But how can you be authentic? Man, give your time. You know, understand that time is love. Right? I, tell, I tell our students, our students, you know, most of them don't have money, right? Because what, what 12-year-old has money? Uh, most of them, their resources are very limited. But the one thing they do, they do have is time. And I think a lot, all of us, I mean, we may be broke, we may have, but we have time. And so authentic love, it, 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 it relies on us being able to understand that time is love. When we give someone our time, that is giving them love. You want to live authentic lives of love? You give them your time. Listen. Number two, listen and respond. Listen to people. Listen to the heart of people. That will help you. Uh, if you're wondering, how, how can I live out authentic love? How can I actually be, be, how can I love others? Listen to them and respond to them. Listen to them. There's so many of us, so many of us, we're, we're so busy in our mind, so busy in our mind trying to come up with ways to, uh, um, to fix things or to do things that we, we miss out on listening to people, really listening to the heart of people. And so I would encourage you, listen to people. That will help you to be authentic. Um, this one's huge, especially today. Embrace differences. I mean, I, I think every one of us here, we have one thing in common. We love Jesus, and we want to we live our lives for Jesus. But a lot of times that's where, like, it ends. Like, every one of us is different. We, we are all made different. We're all unique. God made us to be unique. And there's so many things that are so different about us. Embrace those differences, Embrace them. That, that will show, that, that is authentic love is when you're able to embrace that. Embrace the differences that we all have. Be trustworthy, number four. Um, you know, if you, wanna, if, you want to, uh, if you wanna trust people, you're gonna have to give some of that trust away as well. And so to be able to be, to be, able to be trusting, to, to, be, to for have, have people be able to trust you, that when you, say, when you say, this is what's gonna happen, this is what I'm gonna do, that you do it, and that people can trust in you, that shows and that proves authentic love. Um, this one's big because, again, this next one, um, when you love someone, when you really, truly, authentically love someone, don't expect anything in return. For, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says, love is not self-seeking. Because a lot of times, uh, a, a, a love that is fake is a love that's motivated by rewards. Like a love that's motivated by, what am I going to get out of this? How, what's, what's in it for me if I'm able to give this love? And so authentic love means that you don't expect anything in return. You don't expect a reward. You do it because you love that person. You do it because love is in you, and that's what you want to do, and that's what is coming from you, not because somebody, not because what they're going to give you, but because what you have to offer and what you have to give. Um, one thing that I some of us are good at this. Some of us maybe naturally are good at this. Some of us need to work it. But compliment people, like genuine compliments. Like, 
encourage people, compliment people. Tell, I, I'm a sarcastic guy, so there's a lot of times where I will, I will say things, and later I think about it, I'm like, man, I probably shouldn't have said that. That, that wasn't a compliment. That was more like I was just being sarcastic. I was just trying to be funny. Uh, that's something I'm, I'm working on. But for us, like authentic love means that you, you, you compliment people. You, you, you encourage people. You lift people up. You, you point out the good in them. Because there's a lot. You walk out of these doors, and, and people are quick to point out the bad in you and the, the ugly in you and the, the weaknesses in you. And here, man, as we love each other, let's, let's compliment each other. Let's lift each other up. And then finally, number seven, help. Help when it's needed. That's authentic love. It means that you're going to help when, 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 when somebody's in need, we're there to help. We do great as a church with that. This body here, TNAS, we're good at helping. Um, you know, and so, so let's, let's, let's keep it going. Let's be the type of people that when, you, when, when we find a need, we are there to help. And when we see a need, we are there to help. So authentic love. How can I be the hands and feet of Jesus to help a broken world? Be authentic in your love. And then number two, or the, the second thing, so that was authentic love is one. Uh, oh, before I go to the next thing, uh, what, what, what is it mostly that prevents us from being authentic? Like the one thing that I think most of us deal with as far as like being able to be authentic in our love and be able to have the type of love that God desires for us to have for each other, I think it's fear. Fear, fear, is, fear is, a, is, a, is, a big, is a big deal. And fear will keep us from being able to love others the way that God desires for us to love others. Why? Because maybe some of us are fearful that that love won't be, that, that our love will be rejected. Maybe some of us fear, are fearful that we'll, be hurt, we'll get hurt. Uh, maybe some of us are fearful that, you know what, before, I used to love before, but I was, you know, like, I gave love away and it just, I was, I was, um, I was trampled because it just, it was, it was, it was taking the wrong, whatever reason you have to, um, to feel like, you know, you're fearful of being able to give authentic love. I think it's time to ask the Lord, God, help me take that fear away. Take, take whatever fear keeps me from being able to love people the way you want me to love people. Take it away. Um, and he will. He can do that for you. He can take that fear away. Don't try to do it on your own. Um, he will take that fear away. The second thing is be merciful. And that one is huge. So we want to be, we want to have, be authentic in our love, and we want to be merciful. Matthew 5, 7 says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Um, I don't think I have to tell you, some of you maybe feel this way in some ways. Church is, 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 is an amazing place, but it can also be a place where people can get hurt. And, and people's, uh, people's, people, people get hurt in church. Um, that, is, that, that happens, and it's because we're made of, church is made of people. Uh, and people can hurt each other, right? And, uh, and a lot of times, um, people hold high expectations in believers. Like, hey, you know, you ought to live this way because you're a believer. And, it, and it's true, we ought to be different. Uh, but a lot of times, we are hurt. Um, and a lot of times, our memories are full of hurts. Our memories are full of hurts. So I read about this Polynesian culture, or sorry, this writer writes about Polynesian culture in some of the islands um, they, you know, warriors, because they fight all the time, there's wars and stuff like that. So, so warriors, they'll, they will go into their hut and they will take different artifacts and different things that remind them of the people that they're fighting, the people that they hate, the people that they're going to, the people that they're in war with. And they'll take some of these things and they'll, ha they'll hang them in their, uh, from the roof of their hut to kind of give them motivation on hating those people and, and fighting those people and to, you know, to remind them, hey, that is the enemy and you need to fight the enemy. And I think a lot of times, if, we, if, we're, if we're honest with ourselves, I think some of us 
in our own huts, in our own houses in here, we put up, we put up artifacts and we put up things that, that remind us um, that we don't like that person or that we hate that person or that we are in war with that person or that we want to, we want to destroy that person. And those, those things tend to, stay, tend to be those reminders. And so I, I want to remind us that we ought to be merciful. And, and a way that we become merciful is we take those things and we, we get rid of them. We get rid of whatever things you have that you hold against other people. Whatever things you are, whatever things remind you of people that, that, that you don't like or you dislike or that you just want, you want nothing to do with them or that it's hard for you to love them because of these things, get rid of those things. Um, the thing, as people, as human beings, we all want mercy. I don't know about you, but I want mercy. I want forgiveness. Like, I'm looking for it all the time. Like, if, I, if, I'm, if I've hurt someone, I want their forgiveness and I want their mercy. But I'm reminded that how can I expect to be forgiven and, and be shown mercy if I myself am not being merciful, if I myself am not being, not being forgiven or forgiving, and I myself am holding on to these things that remind me of the evil and the bad things that other people have done to me in, in, in my life. Like, I need to get rid of some of those things. And some of us, some of you out there need to do that as well. If there are things that you're holding on to, get rid of them. Talk, ask Jesus. Jesus will help you. He reminds us in Scripture, you don't have it, and you don't, you don't get it because you don't ask. Ask him, Lord, help me to get rid of the things that make me not love others. Or help me to get, give, help me to get rid of the things that keep me from loving others. When you do that, authentic love, and you're merciful, then I believe that we can be, continue, continue or begin to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a broken world. That we, can, that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus wherever we go, right? And that we need to be intentional about it. So those are two practical ways. Be authentic, be merciful, uh, figure out ways how to do that, ask the Lord to help you in that. Um, one, of the, one of the nights, actually the church night, the, the, church, the night that they talked about church, there was a young lady that came up and shared this, this, uh, this poem. Um, she, of course, she had it memorized. I couldn't memorize it, sorry. But I'm, so I'm just going to read it. But uh, church is community. To be identified by our unity, church offers a unique opportunity. To be Christ's body, his hands, his feet, a collective expression of God's love on the street. Church is not four walls and foundation. We are living testaments of God's great salvation. When we love others in us, God lives. Loving others completes the love that God gives. When we get it right, the church can be a force for healing that's only done through a posture of healing. Striving for unity, putting others first, resisting a ranking of holiest to worst. We are all people in need of God's grace, helping each other no matter our pace. The church is people living out compassion, a people convinced love cannot be rationed. Despite our pain, brokenness, and issues, God's redemption in and through us continues. And so just a reminder, brothers and sisters, this week, reminder that I got this past week at NYC, reminder that we were given uh, as far as who we want to be, who our youth, mi- I, I want 412 Student Ministries, and, and I want, I would love for this church, this body here, that out in the community, outside of these walls, that, that man, the first thing that people think about Tatchby Nash is that that church, they're the hands and feet of Jesus. Like, they may, they may have some weird-looking people, and they may have some people that, you know, that, that, you know, whatever, they're 
But, but, but first and foremost, man, those people, they're the hands and feet of Jesus because they are living this out. And that is my prayer for our youth ministry. That is my prayer for our church. That is my prayer for me is that I can be the hands and feet of Jesus to a broken world. And what does that mean? Who is a broken world? Man, I mean, there are people broken in this room right now. Um, and so it begins here for us to, 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 to get beyond ourselves and to see around us who is broken. Who can I be the hands and feet of Jesus? When Patrick, when he finally realized that that was the miracle, was that he was the hands and feet of his best friend, um, everything changed for him. His life completely changed. And so it could be that your life changes here today or, or when you really, God, help. I've, been, I've been praying for, the, for, for miracles. Am I the miracle? Am I supposed to be the one that goes into that spot, in that area, in that place, in that home, in that church, in that youth group, in that classroom, um, whatever, whatever place you're in, in that workplace? I'm, I can be the hands and feet of Jesus, and I can be the miracle that I've been praying for. Let God use you. Let God use you. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this morning. God, I thank you so much for, these, for, for my brothers and sisters here, Lord. And Lord, just this great opportunity, God, to, uh, to experience NYC. And Lord, for me, it's, it's my third time doing it and, and being there and being a part of it. Lord, and every time it's just, it's different. There's, uh, there's, it's, it's, it's a different group of students. Uh, Lord, it's, it's different speakers, different themes. But God, ultimately, Lord, Lord, it all comes down to one thing, Lord. And it, and it really, truly is God loving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and to loving others, Lord, like we love ourselves. God, to, to love you and to love others, God, and how do we live that out, Lord? Um, so, Father, I just pray that as a church, Lord, as a body, uh, as, a, as a body of believers here, Lord, in this particular church, in this, in this, in this place, Lord, that we will live out what you've, that you've called us to be, the hands and feet, Lord, that we will live that out wherever you take us, whatever it is that we're doing, Lord, that we will be the hands and feet, Lord. I thank you for those in this, in this room, in this, uh, in this sanctuary, Lord. I thank you for those who are living that out. Lord, there are those in here who, uh, who intentionally live that out every day. Lord, I also pray for those this morning who uh, maybe they feel like, you know, I, I just, I, I've, been, I've been too busy. Uh, time is just, uh, time is, I, I don't have time. It's just, it's just so busy. Life is so busy. Lord, I'm included in that. There's, there's times where I feel like, like I'm just so busy that I, I, I forget that, that you've called me to be the hands and feet to the broken. Uh, and so, Lord, help me, help us, those of us who, who are lacking in that, Lord, um, to be authentic in our love. God, to be, to be the type of people that, that love not just because you tell us to, but, Lord, that we love because we really truly take 1 John 4, uh, 4 7 seriously, that if, if we don't love, then we don't, we don't even know who you are. Lord, we, we, we have nothing to do with you if we don't love. So, God, I, just, I pray this morning that you help us, Lord. Give, give us love. Some of us, it's easy. Some of us, it's hard. But, Lord, we can do it with you. We can do it with you giving us that strength and giving us that love that we need. So, God, may we see others through your eyes every single day. Lord, may we see people the way that you see us. May I see people the way that you see me, uh, Lord. And may I be the hands and feet of, the broken, of a broken world. Um, God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for this day. You're so good to us, Lord. You are worthy of all of our worship and our praise. And God, I pray that this week, uh, our, every single person in here, Lord, uh, as you give them opportunities to, 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 live out, um, to live out love, Lord, and to, to live out mercy, Lord, that they will be reminded that, that you can give them that, Lord, that they don't have to muster it up on their own, that you are the one that provides that love and provides that mercy for them, Lord. So, God, may we, may we always ask for it. May we never quit asking for more love and more mercy and more grace, uh, Lord, that we're able to give it away. So, Father, we thank